Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Scobro Show. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Tuesday night. It's just after 9 p.m. As a Steelers fan, where else would you rather be? And with me as always, except when he's not, is my big brother Rich, home from Acrisure Stadium. Rich, how's it going tonight? Okay, so I was at the stadium. <laughs> And I've been a little under the weather, but I'm going to take a shot at this. So we will just okay. We'll see if it works. Breathe in that sweet smell of victory. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I was I was under the weather over the weekend. You've been under the weather for a while. Just you know, kind of. My sinus pressure was so bad, my teeth hurt. You know, that's what I uh, had. Over that's the where. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, been but, there. It it, it it got better, but I couldn't imagine going and shouting at the stadium with the way my oh. voice is right now. So I understand well, why your voice is the way it is right now. <laughs> that is why my voice is the way it is, because I was shouting at the stadium. Yeah, but Rich, here's the deal. It's Victory Tuesday. We we don't get many victory. Well, if the Steelers play on Monday, they have a, especially at home, they have a lot of Victory Tuesdays. But Victory Tuesdays aren't the most common thing. But it, and, and there was so much about it that wasn't pretty. That's why the title of the show is "An Ugly Steelers Win" is still a Steelers win. There's a lot of stuff that we can we're going to talk about and break down with everything. But you got to remember, even when you when we when we talk about this, it's because. Even though we're only 24 hours, 24 hours ago, you were sitting in your seats at the stadium. 24 hours, I was yes, on the couch yes, was. Which, watching this game. Which, before I lose, I got to bring up a comment. Somebody put a Facebook okay. comment here um, and make a quick comment on it. Um, Brian Miswa says, How about 70,000 chanting Fire Canada after the game? Correction, um, Brian. Wasn't quite it 70, wasn't a, and, and it wasn't it was just shy of 70,000, yep. 67,000 plus. Uh-huh. And it wasn't after the game. It was during the game. During the game. Yes, it was. So, um, so, so just so you know, we're going to do our best because both of us are, are fighting some stuff here. There might be times where one of us has to take a break, take a drink, step out, uh, clear our throat, things like that. Uh, we're going to try to cover for each other, but in case we can't, this is how it. This is how it is. We're just telling you how we're how we're here and powering through. How much sleep did you get last night, Rich? I got home. At 20 after three. Oh. Now, luckily at work, I was going to take the day off of work since I've not been feeling well and was getting home so late. But I had been trying to schedule a meeting for Wednesday. It turns out I couldn't get it scheduled for Wednesdays. I had to schedule it for Tuesday. Mm. It was my meeting. It was our first one of the semester. And I couldn't miss it. So I got up, I went to sleep about 3.30, quarter four, and slept until about 10 o'clock this morning. Oh, well. Not awful. I, I got into bed, it was just a few minutes after three, after taking care of everything I needed to do for website and, and, and whatnot. And I the alarm went off at 6.45 to start the day. Still, and I didn't get the chance to sleep in or anything, so uh, I'll see if I can stay awake through the whole show. <laughs> but... Just, just thought we said. So we're, you know, we're here. We're still excited. I'm still flying high because finding a way to win, finding a way to win. It was an ugly win, but it's still a win. So, but, but part of me talking about, you know, 24 hours ago the game was going on. That's where we were. I, you were at the stadium, but this is also the show that's typically the 
you know, flip the page. We talk about last week's game, then we start talking about the next game. That's tough to do when it's only 24 hours ago that the game was going on. But we're going to try to do that. But what we're mainly going to do with it is we're going to talk about the ugliness of this win and talk about how that looks going forward. There was a question asked last night on the post-game show, which was less than 24 hours ago, that said, said, you know, do style points matter? Because Jeff Hartman's brought that up in his Let's Ride before. And my answer was, right now, meaning during the post-game show, no, they don't matter. Because all this is about is did the Steelers win or did they lose? That's all that matters in the aftermath of the game. Now, when as soon as you turn that page to, to start preparing for the next week, then those style points matter. Because if you didn't do it with style, you know, if you didn't execute well, you've got to get that under control going forward. So... Rich, is there really much about this game that the Steelers can quote-unquote breathe easy about? Because sometimes that's what people worry about. Oh, when you get those ugly wins, you somehow manage to pull out a win, and maybe you you take it for take something for granted or whatever. Is there really anything that the Steelers could take in there and and, and breathe easy about that moving forward? Um, the <laughs> I'll tell you the thing I I most can breathe easy yeah can breathe easy over or can look forward to or not worry about or anything moving forward is the fact that um the Steelers have the best pass rushing duo in the National Football League. Yeah in Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. Yeah I'm sorry they, they do. Yeah. I, I I would take those two and put them up against any tandem anywhere else in the league and tell you that the Steelers have the best tandem pass rushers. Those two guys played their tails off last night, as did a few others. You know, I will bring up a couple other guys, especially on the defensive side that, that I have to bring up that you could just look, watch and see in the stadium where we're playing their tails off. Okay. The two outside, actually, I, I say the two outside linebackers. Really, the outside linebacking core in general. Those got, you know, you didn't see a ton of Nick Herbig and uh, Marcus Golden, but when they were out there, they were playing their butts off. Another guy that I really noticed a lot last night and thought he really was playing pretty well was Cole Holcomb. That, yep. I mean, he, he went from looking – I guess I'll use the term tentative or just unsure at times in week one to really just taking full control out there in the middle of the field last night um, and played really well Uh, as did and not so much to take control, but just flying everywhere was Quan Alexander. He just was, he just loves to fly to the football. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely have to bring up those two. I thought Minka was having a monster game last night as well until he got hurt. He just seemed to be everywhere. Yep. Um, hopefully. Knocking on wood there a little bit. Yeah. You know, Minka's, Minka's all right. See, I think he's going to be. Yeah. They, will, they... Not, will not be surprised if he, you know, he he's going to probably be a little sore from that but I'll be surprised if he doesn't suit up and play this week. Yeah, and Coach Tom said it was precautionary for him to go to the hospital. They just wanted to make sure everything was all right. 
still don't know which where he heard it. Was it was it on the play with Chubb? Was it on the on where when he dove on that long run? It could have been. I think it was both. where he dove on the long. On, I think it was where he dove on the long run. I think he landed on the. I think the guy's foot went into his chest. But remember, he was down for a while as well with that whole hit with yes. Chubb. I think that started it. And then when that happened, the other one, they're like, oh, wait, that's something looking at it again. We we need to really, yeah, let's, really look let's at it. Make, let's make sure. I think the precautionary thing there was after a second play like that. Let's make sure. You don't want to risk a player. You don't want there to be an issue in or around the heart or anything like that when you know when you're talking chest or 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 mm -hmm. a punctured lung or anything like that so just go get the scans go check it out make sure everything's all right um as much as i hated to see him out of the game it 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 made sense yeah so but the lots of you know coach tom's like positive news there he made it sound like i mean i expect him to end up on the injury report and whatnot Remember, the dude was trying to play after having an appendectomy 24 hours before. And he wanted to play and they wouldn't let him. And they, he came back the next week. So, so he, I, I expect we'll see his first two practices this week be, uh, he'll be limited. Or I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't participate either because Maybe he's minka. He doesn't have to. He, that's true. We could, we could see an out, a limited, so, and a full. Well, here's like that. Here's something interesting. I'm, I'm going to share something with you because this happened last week as well. I had never seen this happen before. But you know what, Rich? I have decided that I am no longer reporting the PFF grades at the website the way that I have in the past. I'm just not going to do it that way because I feel like they have embarrassed themselves to, with Did their credibility themselves again. so bad. Well, first of all, we talked last week about how I said they had Nick Bose as the number one defender and Fred Warner as the worst. They went back and changed it. I'd never yeah. seen them change their scores before. I just brought it up again to check. Guess what they did? Changed it again? They changed, changed last night's game. The, the grades came out around noontime, and they, they, they changed last night's game. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to highlight some things here just with this to tell you, because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write an article basically about what I'm going to talk about right now, about this is why they're wrong. This is this is an issue. And rather than just, just have to type in all their scores every week, I'm going to tell you this, is, this might have been something that was good, but this is where they are just way off base. All right? But they changed something. What they changed is this. Well, who do you think was the – the highest ranked defender for the Steelers. For the Steelers? Yeah. Alex Highsmith. It was and still is Alex Highsmith. Okay. Um, for this is, is just for week two. Okay. Yes. With he had a 91.1. Do you know what they had for TJ Watt? Oh, they probably scored him like 71. 72.9. There you go. 72.9. Uh, they had his pass rush score as a 63-7, okay? So I just I was going to talk about that, but I brought it. Guess what they did? They changed it. TJ Watt's score for week two now is an 82.6. Wow, so now he's really second. It. So now he's second on the Steelers' defense. 
which is the Steelers overall as well. Um, the only one who had a decent grade on offense was George Pickens. Um, George, well, we'll get to offense in just a second. Yeah. Okay, so they have that. But here's what's crazy. You would assume that the highest score overall was probably the person that was making the most impact on the game, right? Because, oh, no, I can I can tell you who the highest. Oh no no no! But I'm I'm just saying Steelers you would. Or, for the I'm, not, I'm or... asking specifically for this game. Oh, okay. I'm just asking oh. in general. Okay. You would probably assume that someone who had a high score was someone who was impacting the game in some way. Like I'll tell you, George Pickens, he had the highest score on the offense. I said that. You know, he, that was a pretty impactful play and impactful things all around. So of course, I'm sure I'm not even looking at the live chat right now because I'm looking at these scores. Um, but you already know, guess who they have had as the highest score, which I kind of took it as the most impactful player in the game. Was I'm sure it was Miles Garrett. It's Miles Garrett. It's always Miles Garrett. Which is ridiculous because the dude did nothing. Well, nothing. He, had a, he had a quarterback hit. He did. Uh, uh, was no. Uh, was it a hit? I thought it was only a pressure. I think he only I thought he only had one quarterback pressure, one tackle. I know we only had one tackle. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what PFF said here in a second. Sorry. I, hey, West is cool my throat. Um, Miles Garrett, he, oh, he had three pressures. It was one hit and two hurries is what PFF gave him. That but really, he, he had one hit. And I, and I remember that hit. It was a nice play. And, they, and what's funny is he had a 27.8 tackling score because he only had one tackle and he had a missed tackle. So he had a terrible tackling score. But yet he still had a 91.7 overall with a 91.1 pass rush. Yeah, hold hold on. Hey, hey, Wesley, where where did you get that? Because that's a, I think I'm just wondering. He he said he had zero hits, zero tackles, one pressure, one tackle. That's what I had seen. So okay, so Wesley, where did you pull that? From? Well, here's here's what I'll do. I'll check that now. I know some. Remember these these are not official but statistics, again, right? They're not official statistics. They're just tackles are not even ranks, official statistics. So ranks them as unless they course, changed you know, it. I'm going to go back to the. I, I have access to the Steelers media website. That's where I get my transcripts and everything else. So I have access to their official scoring that the Steelers have and that they use. And that's what we talked about last night. So I can tell you right now, Miles Garrett, uh, last night they had him at one tackle and one quarterback hit. Now I'm trying to find him here. There he is. They have him with one total tackle and one quarterback hit. That is according to the Steelers' official website because different different places will have different things. So I'm not I'm not trust me I'm not saying Wes oh though you're mistaken no, no, no I'm West, shocked someone else that, might have that. I so Wes is saying that's what Joe Buck yeah. and Troy Aikman reported. I was thinking I'd seen it on yeah. ESPN or well, somewhere like that. Joe Buck also said that was TJ Watt's first touchdown in the NFL, and it wasn't. He had one in the in, in the in the in the playoffs, which they didn't look at. So, but so. When it comes to the stats, the Steelers' stats, so which are the high stats did they score Miles Garrett, because I don't, I don't look. Just, I mean, it was just above, just above Highsmith. He was a ninety-one point seven. Highsmith strip sack, yeah, interception return for a touchdown. Oh, was third on the team in tackles. No missed, yeah, no missed tackles. Right, Miles Garrett gets one tackle and a couple of pressures. And he's the best player. Yeah. He's the best player on the field. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah. Well, and this is the other thing. And I, I, I kept saying this all last year. 
PFF shows no love to Larry Ogunjobi. He was in the bottom five for the Steelers. <clears throat> he had a they gave him a 49.2. You know, 49.2. Forced fumble. Um Right, because didn't he force the? He didn't he force? Did he force it or no? He recovered the fumble. Recovered right? the fumble. He recovered the fumble. Um. So had sorry a, about. Didn't he have a? Didn't he have one of the six sacks? Yeah, he had. He had one of the six sacks. He had four total pressures. He had a sack, a hit, and two hurts. He was better than Miles Garrett. Yep, he had, and he had three co- combined tackles. Statistically better than Miles Garrett, and he has a forty-nine point two. So yeah, that's the that, thing where that, it just doesn't pass the eye test. But you know then what they have to do because they had to score Miles Garrett so high, you know who the lowest score was on the Steelers' offense and overall? Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure it was Dan Moore Jr. It was Dan Moore Jr. They gave him a 3.5 pass-blocking score. He had an overall score. gets no sacks. 21.8. Again. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. It doesn't. The guy that you say is so wonderful that he's going up against, the, that guy gets no statistics, which basically means he's mm-hmm. Dan Moore's doing his job and keeping his quarterback clean. Yeah. But they're saying, no, that's terrible. And, and I will tell you that they credited Dan Moore with giving up six pressures, two hits, four hurries. So he gave up those to Garrett, but Garrett also lined up on the other side some too. So it wasn't just always, it wasn't him versus Garrett all night. Right. So they said he gave up some other stuff too. So when he, when it comes to that, yeah, it was, that was worse than, than, than others. Right. Yeah. But if he, I'm, was I'm that, sure. if he was that bad and Miles Garrett was that good, then why didn't Miles Garrett impact the game? Yeah. And and you you also realize that none of the Steelers' offensive linemen were credited with giving up a sack. They're saying the sacks were not on the linemen. Were on, they were on? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they're saying so, the one should have been on the blitz mm-hmm. pickup by Jalen Warren when he yeah. instead of staying to block ran out in the. No, pass they didn't. Get, yeah, they did not. They didn't. They didn't give that up to Warren. Either they should have, yeah, that should have, but should've. they didn't. They didn't. They, they looked, didn't right, looked right at the guy and then stepped out and let him come right in. Which but. is here's here's what's crazy. You're gonna love this. This is another reason why uh, this is going to be in my article. Another reason why this was a joke because this helps us talk about stuff that happened during the game. George Pickens was the highest score on offense, seventy-seven point seven. The next highest was Jalen Warren, but within that, they gave him. A 5.4 pass blocking score. Didn't credit him with the sack or anything. But here's the thing. They gave him a 5.4 pass blocking score on what they say were zero pass blocking snaps. How can he pass block that bad if they deemed that he had no snaps in which he was a pass blocker? That's yeah. It's like you don't. I mean, right now your denominator zero. Your numbers don't make sense. The 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 guys over at PFF have must have taken the yeah. same statistics professor that I had in college that came in and told us, "Welcome to statistics, where we teach you to make the numbers say anything." Yeah. Um, because they're they're just pulling this stuff straight out of their butts now and putting it up and getting paid for it. 
Yeah, my thing is ser yeah. seriously, seriously, I could not watch the game. Just write names down and numbers beside them, and be more accurate than what PFF is. Yeah, I could not watch the game and probably just look at some of the stats and give you some no, decent scores. No, I'm not saying look at stats. Yeah. I'm just saying make it up. Yeah, right there and be just yeah. as accurate as they are. Yep, yep. And I mean, now I'm not saying that Dan Moore Jr. played great. I'm not saying that he should have been on the top of the scores. No, he didn't. He struggled. To, oh my goodness, that two point conversion. Um, that was embarrassing. He didn't touch Garrett or the linebacker he was supposed to come off and go get. He touched nobody. Um, but uh, there was more than one play last night where the Steelers' offensive line did this. Different guys on the line did the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I noted a couple of times when I was doing knee jerk was saying, uh, why is the offensive line standing and watching Najee Harris while he's getting tackled in the backfield? They're standing at the line of scrimmage and turning around and watching the guys tackle Niles Harris in the backfield. No, 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 don't do that. So in other words, I, so I wanted to bring that up because it was the whole notion of, so they love themselves some Miles Garrett. They want to say how, so they're trying to tell me that Miles Garrett played better than both TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith in that game. That's insane. And the thing is, well, yeah, Miles Garrett didn't play as good as some of the other guys on the Cleveland defensive line. Yeah. And my thing is, this at least they got the right second highest score on their defense. Who should have been their first highest score? Who do you think was the best? Well, you weren't watching the TV broadcast to see him talked about it. Right. A lot. So I wasn't hearing the names all yeah. the time. And it was and so it I was Delpit, the strong safety. The safety, yes. Yeah. He he yeah, he was their best defender. Honestly, he was their best defender on the field. They had other people doing some great stuff, and they were working well as a unit. But my goodness, it was it was when you have someone like Miles Garrett, and your and your job is, hey, don't let him impact the game. Every play that Dan Moore does not let him impact the game is a win, and he won on, on almost every snap he went up against him because Miles Garrett did not impact the game. So yeah, there we go. Let's stop talking about PFF. Let's hey, let's take okay. a break so we can come back and talk about this some more. Um, because let's focus a little bit on the defense because we were talking about stuff. We're gonna, a couple other things I want to say about the defense. Then we're really going to hit some the real fun part of the offense. So uh, if you're with us here, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, we're, we're not going anywhere. If we listen on the audio, we'll be right back after these messages. All right, Steelers fans. Whew, we're talking about this. Sorry that I got off. It's funny. I call it a little bit of a tangent talking about those scores. It's only because they made me so mad. And they made me mad because I'm like, I'm reporting these because people want to see what they are. And they're worthless. They are – they're supposed to – I always looked at them as an opinion, which gave you a good discussion point. But this – now it's opinion. It's Now it's a faceless opinion because somebody can sit behind a keyboard and plug in their little scores and you don't know who they are and they don't have to stand up and actually justify their opinion and that's all it is. So yes, they look at every supposedly look at every player on every play, but my thing is and why do people create burner accounts on Twixter, you know, or or other stuff? Because they don't want to actually stand behind their opinions. You know, stand behind your opinions and their opinions. There, then it's a company opinion. The, the individuals don't have to stand up for them, and that they and those individuals should be fired. Like, 
other individuals on the Steelers coaching staff, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. The defense, but even though there, so there were some. I asked you about things where where you could be. First of all, remember Mike Tomlin. He does not seek comfort, so he does not seek comfort. So this shouldn't be comfortable anywhere on on offense, defense, or anything. But you have to say, you know, the edge rushers, the inside linebackers. But there were just moments still in that game. The defense wasn't good enough. I was so tired of them flowing to the right spot, bottling up a running back, only for them to escape to slide through for seven yards, nine yards, 11 yards, 65 yards. 65 yards. You know, those kind of things. And they were always falling forward. You would you would bottle up a runner at the line of scrimmage. They're going to get three yards. If you want to hold him, no game. You got to no game. You got him in the backfield. That's it. Yeah the the ta- the tackling was not not always good. There were not to say there weren't some good tackles. There was some good tackles. There were some times where they really held up and and held a line. And didn't give that up, but way too often it was guys getting away or guys falling forward for extra yards. Yeah, yeah, and th- those kind of things. So you, you got to sure those up. And man, there were some throws to the sidelines. You just have to admit they were nice throws and catches. Um, Coach Tom threw the challenge flag. I'm. Some people are going to say, "Oh, what a terrible challenge!" Once again, that was not Tom's fault. Well, even if it wasn't the stadium, if, if even if it wasn't Tomlin's fault, the way he explained it today, I agree with him. Well, first of all, would you throw that flag if it was a nine yard gain on first down? No, no, that was a third and long, and they made a big play. And if they don't have that play, they they're deep in their own territory. The Browns got a punt. They're punting out of their own end zone. And he said, and Tomlin even said. You know, the stadium thing didn't bother him. He knew the, that foot hit out of bounds. His question was that the the first one, because that was really the was third con- foot that hit out of bounds. Correct. What Was, was there, there control, control on that first, on the first foot? To yes, where that, that was third one was out of bounds. Yes. If, if one is zero, then two becomes one and three becomes two, and three was out of bounds. So that was the reason he challenged it. Um and I will tell you this. Think of this. For those of you that didn't like the challenge, most people, it's, it's all results-driven. How many people didn't like the challenge? Why are they challenging that one with Deshaun Watson on fourth down? Until they finally saw a replay that showed that they won it. There were people that didn't think that was a good challenge. Like, what is he thinking here? And that's the one he won. All right? Yeah. I, I know you're burned by him with the challenges and always not doing it, but I had no problem with either challenge, especially the first one. But the second one, that had a chance to – that that was a weighty down. That one had a chance to to, to majorly impact. He, he got lucky. And the, he, got, he got extra time to look at that one. Yeah. Because the, because the officials had said that he made it, the quarter had actually run out. Yeah. And they went and they went to commercial. And oh, I know. Came, when they came – but – Tomlin had told them during the break that he was going to challenge because the officials never moved the ball and the teams never started to switch ends or anything. Yeah, he yeah. So they came back, they challenged. Now, they here's what you might not know. From TV, everything they were talking about wasn't actually even about the Steelers recovering the ball. 
They were focused on that because he fumbled, the ball was backwards and the ball hadn't crossed the line. I had That's it what they were way. trying to look at. Right. I had it either way. Yeah. From everything they were showing the stadium. I kept talking to the folks that were around me. I said, look, one way or the other. I said, they kept showing the stuff and it was like, hey, the Steelers came out with the ball. I thought it was pretty clear that the Steelers came out with the ball. Yeah. But the guy was like, are they going to go with that? Are they going to go with that? I said, even if they don't go with that, look at where he fumbles it. The ball comes back half a yard, close to half a yard. I said, and if he recovers it back there, you can see it doesn't make the line. So It's not the goal the line where once you break it, that's where you are. It's correct. Yeah, that's not what it is. So, yep. So, so that was but, – but the other one, my thing is – the reason I don't have a problem with that challenge is I would much rather Mike Tomlin challenge that play that was very close, find out, nope, not going to win that one, we're moving on, than he would to not challenge that play and two plays later found out, oh, coach, that wasn't that wasn't a catch and we didn't challenge it. I would much rather have that for on, on that side of things, even though that meant they were outside of challenges. That's why on the – on the on the one on the Ninjoku fumble, I'm like, oh boy, they gotta rule this a fumble, or else the Steelers can't challenge it because they were out. And luckily, they made the right call and 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 did that, which made it automatically reviewable, and it was a fumble as well. So, whew. so that's that's some interesting stuff. So the defense still plenty of stuff that's not good enough. Levi Wallace, they went after Levi Wallace. But here's what's interesting. Even when Levi Wallace was out there, they went after Joey Porter Jr. And that ended up not being the right thing to do. (laughs) That was a mistake. mistake. So, so, um, whether or not they make a change, because I know people ask about that, that remains to be seen. I just think, I mean, Joey Porter Jr. snaps doubled from week one to week two. Yeah, you only had seven week one, 14 week two. You're going to see his snaps continue to rise. If he keeps playing like that, yep. But at the same time, they're not going to ask him to do a large variety of things. They want to give him so many things to do, do that well. Then we add more to your plate that then allows him to get on the field more. So I don't think they're ready to make that change. I don't think they're you know they're only asking him to maybe do you know fifty percent of what he might do as a corner and just focus on that fifty percent. Do what, do what you do. Be really good at that. Do that in these situations. Go. Now they're going to start to increase that. To jump straight from 50 to 100, is if they do it, I'd, that'd be great. Just go ahead and do it. Maybe he showed them enough in practice that they can. But I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to step it along. Um, because the last thing you want to do is put them out there in a situation where, 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 where you fail when you could make the person move backwards. For example... Well, I'm not going to get on this subject yet. Do you, do you consider pulling pe- Kenny Pickett? I'm sorry, but if you pull Kenny Pickett in year two, he's done. He's done. Yep. He's done. No, most Kenny likely, Pickett, not definitely, does, but does, most likely. Does Kenny so, Pickett have some issues going on right now? Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He does. So, so I mean, the defense had its moments. It had phenomenal moments with those touchdowns and the sacks and the turnover takeaways and things like that. But they also had moments where they needed a key stop. And you know what? That team that was in all white, 
they pay a lot of money to some guys to try to have them make plays as well. And the Steelers made more plays than them. Uh, it, it wasn't perfect, so they definitely have things to grow on. Let's real quick hit some special teams. Let's hit. Let's start with the good. We got we, we got to hit the, the number one good. You got to see some pretty pretty nice punting, didn't you? That wasn't the number one good. Okay. That wasn't the number one good. No, number I'd say that good. was the number one one A. Now, I think there's a one A one B. No, the number one good was is I'm I'm sorry, Dave, but the number one good is Boswell. I was gonna say the 50 okay. yard field goals. Two fifty two fifty yeah. plus yard fifty plus yard field goals. And and every kickoff he pretty much drove through the end zone. His yeah. leg was on full display last night. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, now, both, I uh, he didn't close, have his, he didn't have as many opportunities as Big Press because he had to punt close, seven times. Uh, what a coffin corner, man! You know what was nice about Big Press last night? What's that? Is that the times he came out and punted, he didn't necessarily wow me with his punts. Mm-hmm. But he didn't disappoint me with them either. Yeah, and isn't that in the end what you really want from your punter? You don't have to go out and wow me all the t- all the time, but the thing you can't do is disappoint me. And I mean, honestly, the most disappointing punt of the night. Well, there was two that went into the end zone. One of them wasn't even close. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it went flying in. But to me, probably the most disappointing one was the forty-three yarder that ended up at the twenty-five. If your worst punt is a forty-three yarder. That still puts that puts a team exactly where they would get on a touchback on a kickoff. I'm okay with that. That was our that one was yeah. all right, but you know what ended up happening on that punt? What's that? He got more air under it than he. I mean that yeah. that was, it was his it, highest it was high. punt of the night. Yeah. He 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 got a lot of air under that one, and mm-hmm. you could see his reaction that he wasn't thrilled with it i don't want to say he was disappointed but he wasn't thrilled with it like he knew right away he'd gotten more air under it than he wanted to yeah yep but hey i'd rather i'd rather you get more air under it and boom it and it's just really high i mean still went 43 yards that's much better than the than than the 32 yard shank bottoms you know with no height um but yeah so that was that was some um I mean, and one of the touchbacks wasn't there. A, was there a, or maybe the twenty-five yard line was one. Was that a touchback and a, and a penalty on top of it? I can't remember. It's it was late at night. I'm certain it's all, and I'm tired now. It's starting to run together. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, there. I know we had one that was a forty-three yarder that was just caught. Um, but that was good. But man, I I was so you know that I get really um, mad when people do dumb stuff because oh, they don't so, know the rules. Everybody around me was wondering because I, I'm not sure they knew what was going on. I went nuts, and people were like, "What?" Mm-hmm. what? And I started explaining to them, and they're like, "Oh." So I had a bunch of folks sitting around that didn't even totally understand yeah. that rule either. But I'm like, if you're a kick return, kickoff returner, you have to. It's yeah, and he did the exact opposite of what I've seen other ones do before. I've literally seen kick returners run over, put their feet out of bounds, try to keep their toes out of bounds, and reach back into the field of play to try to catch the ball. I've seen them do that because all you have to do is touch the ball, 
if you're first to touch the ball, you are on the ground out of bounds. That is a that is an e that is an out of bounds kick, and that comes to the forty. That's not yeah. a touchback. That's not twenty five. That's the forty. And instead, they started inside their own ten, wasn't it? Yes, but right. Yeah. It was right around the ten. It was a, like yeah, that was that that was rough. Yeah, it really was. It's like one of those things. Like you did like the worst spot. I mean. All he had to do was not even touch it. It was going to go out of bounds. He reached oh, yeah, out of it bounds was gonna, to try it to was pull going it back to, in. It was going to land out of bounds. He didn't even have to do the smart thing and catch it and catch it out of bounds. Out of bounds. He could have, have simply been indifferent and let it go. And he did the one thing he couldn't do. Yep. So... Ooh, yeah, that was not good. And then he got blown up on that one fumble and all that. I didn't think that was a catch. What was so dumb is they called it an interception at first. I'm like, the I guy know. picked the ball up off the ground, you know, and that was just a weird play. Um, but other than that, special teams, but all I, right. I, I will say this referee and crew last night, if if they were a string of, of lights, I think the brightest one would have been about seven watts. Yeah. Yep. They were yep. they were not they did not impress as a crew. Yeah. They had some yeah, individuals that were doing all right, but as an overall officiating crew, I was not that impressed with that. And I know someone said it earlier about you know Watson putting his hand on the official. You did see that on the first face mask. Oh, I he, sure did. He shoved oh, the, my he, gosh. Yeah. Everybody was yelling for him to be kicked out of the game as he should have been. Yeah, and, I, and then, then it feels like, that. oh, we deem that to be inadvertent and not I, malicious towards the know, official. That's a load of crap. Bull, yeah, that was a load of crap. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that was not enforced was because he was a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they how many the times they make that call out of bounds anyway not. on a quarterback? They don't make that call where a quarterback does something like that. I mean, and then poor, poor Nick Herbig had a sack if he wouldn't have been grabbed by the face mask and thrown to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So right. we we it's gonna take some time. So you but we might yeah, we better get to it. All right. Ugly. I, I talked about a lot of you know, we talked about this ugly win. I talked about a lot of this last night, so I don't have to I don't have to go off of my on my rants or anything. I'll, I'll probably I don't have to will. go too far, but I got a couple things. But yeah, um yeah. The offense. I got a couple things. That really irked me specifically. Can, can can we talk about a couple couple instances? Sure. The two point the try. Point. Yes, was stupid. And by the way, you I bring, called it. You bring everybody at your one yard line. You bring in everyone into the middle of the field. The Browns had. 10 people on the line of scrimmage and 11 in the box. They Their their safety was up as a linebacker. Yeah, we're, 11 standing, about, we're in, standing about two and a half yards off the ball. Yeah. 11 Everybody else on the line. The box. Everybody else up there, either on the line of scrimmage or within a yard of the line of scrimmage to maybe try to move around. Everything there screams, my goodness. Fake it to Najee, just know where Darnell Washington's going to go and throw it up high where only he can get it. You know, can you have to turn around? 
fake the hand off to Najee, throw it over your head. <laughs> you know, anything yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think about back when I was coaching in high school, our, our fire play on a bad snap on a field goal or an extra point, which, by the way, there was a bad snap. That's another good thing with Big Press, really. On 50-yard field goal, and he boss knocks yeah. it through because Press gets that down. That's pretty good. Um, if we had a bad snap and they yelled fire, the two outside wings, they went to each corner. Your one tight end went just across the, the goal line close as a safety valve. The other one went to the back of the end zone right in the middle of the uprights. That's where the four people were going if things went bad. You know what the person did, whether it was the holder or the kicker, whoever ended up with the ball? You know what we said? If nothing else fails, you know where that other guy's supposed to be back there at the uprights. Throw it there. Throw it up. Towards the upright. See what happens. You know? My goodness. They could have done that with Washington. Um, But to think you were just going to – Run it up in there when you weren't getting push all night on the offensive line, and you were. I mean, you told him you were going to do it, and then you did it. That play to me, and and as they as they went decided to go for two, and I looked at how they lined up, I turned it to Alex, my daughter, and said, "Not going to end well." Yeah, and it didn't. Okay, but I think that play to me signifies what is wrong with the offense of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Thank it you. That's why I wanted is, to start with that. <laughs> it, it is two-pronged. Yeah. Okay? There are two issues with the Steelers' offense currently, one of which is the one everybody talks about and 67,000-plus fans last night talked about um, during the game and made it clear on national television is the play calling of your offensive coordinator. Okay. The play calling is awful. Yeah. However, just because an awful play is called does not mean as players, you don't execute that you don't execute it. Okay. So that, that was not the right call given what was going on there. But at the same time, the Steelers didn't execute it. First of all, Najee Harris, <clears throat> multiple things here with, I could say about Najee Harris, but so, a lot of it has to do with the play call. Yeah. Not that play call, some other play calls. But in that play call, when they've got 10 guys on the line of scrimmage, 11 guys in the box, Najee, you're not jumping over anybody. Yeah. You're not jumping over anybody. You're a big guy. We did not draft you to jump over people. We drafted you to run through them. Yeah. You got to get a yard. Run through them, get the yard, get the two points. Yeah. But the thing is, was he supposed to go high? Did he do that on his own, or was that the whole Najee has a tendency to do that at the goal line. He has a tendency to go high at the goal line. I mean. bad tendency. Why not? I'm so frustrated to do that. Think. They threw one pass at a tight end, one target, and it was a tight end screen. They got two yards, could have gotten more, but both him and the blocker stumbled, and he only got two yards. You're not looking for Pat Fryermuth down the field? You're not even considering Darnell Washington or Connor Hayward in the passing game? Come on. 
Come on, really, now, lim- really limits what you can do, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. Now I, I don't, I don't know what people are saying in the live chat, so I might be stepping on some toes here, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dave, Dave, I can better not step on toes. I'm too big. I'll bring no, it. No, 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 <laughs> yeah. no. No, you don't worry about step on toes. You're just giving your worthless two cents. I'm giving my worthless two cents. That that's a little bit of a plug because. Uh, Big Bros Go, he's decided to branch out and do another article series, more than just knee-jerk reactions, which were actually my knee-jerk reactions last night. And I, dude, I was too long. I did too many. But there was so much happening, I couldn't help it. Uh, uh, that was a long well, article. That and I was feeding them to you from the Yes, stadium. you were. <laughs> but, but now you're doing the follow-up to the knee-jerk reaction. You're you're doing your worthless two cents. Your first one's tomorrow. It'll be out tomorrow on the website I think 11 a.m. at SteelCurtNetwork.com, where Rich is now giving the follow-up. How the after the after the knee jerk is over, what 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 do you still feel was the same as what you originally thought? What do you think is different and 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 or better? And what do you think is worse? So those are that, that make sure you go check that out uh, because that that's a fun a fun one that Rich is doing. So. So definitely make sure you, you get the website and check out that article. But go ahead. Give us your worthless two cents. Okay, my worthless two cents is, is if you think that the lack of ex- execution from Kenny Pickett is 100% on Matt Canada and 0% on Kenny Pickett. You are, with all due respect, dumb. Correct. And hey. if you think... Because Kenny Pickett's playing so bad and the offensive line can't block that none of this is on the Steelers' offensive coordinator because I've seen people that have put that out there. You are, with all due respect, dumb. Yep. Yes. <laughs> failure. It is failure on multiple fronts. And I'm not going to say that it's this percent and that percent because we nope. don't we don't know the intricacies intricacies enough to lay out an exact percentage. I don't care but, about percent. Yeah. It's, it's failure. Yeah. Yeah. So if honestly, if I, I I've seen. You know, I don't want to say all the apologists because I get upset when people talk about Tomlin apologists when you say that he does things good, even though he does things bad, because I have another one to talk about there. But there are people that think none of this is on Kenny Pickett. You know what? Even if it's a terrible scheme, even if it's not a good play call, even if it's what I call a JV scheme going up against a varsity defense, that doesn't mean that he can't deliver accurate throws. Right. I, you know, the problems with the offensive line, I'm kind of going back to Matt Canada on some of this. Because how many times did it seem like the offensive line wasn't even sure exactly who or what they were supposed to be blocking? I know we saw it in week one. We saw it on the not exactly jet sweep, a little pop pass, but it looked like a jet sweep. We saw it on that. We saw it some other times. We saw it on the third and two option play thing that was just another terrible call where people weren't sure what to do. You know why? Because it seems like all they're doing is setting up for these plays to go to work against vanilla defenses like they saw in the preseason. Yep. But guess what? These are not JV defenses. These are varsity defenses. They are going to show you one thing, try to get you to do something 
based on what they're showing you and do something else. They're trying to sucker you in to running this play so they can defend it. And he falls for it. And I don't know if it's because they don't have Kenny Pickett prepared in order to, to make to make the changes or audibles or anything like that or what it is. But bottom line is, Coach Tomlin even mentioned it today. I mean, you can tell there's some frustration going on with Coach Tomlin. He mentioned several times about how it starts with coaching. It starts with the procedure. It starts with this. And every time he did it, it was in reference to the offense. Yes. I kind of felt like he was calling, doing some calling out today in the press conference. I talked about it on the press conference recap. So I told you I wasn't going to get fired up, but of course I am. So, so that's my problem. It's, it's like it's like the offensive lineman. I mean, I admit, I remember one of my first games playing varsity football. Uh, we were supposed to be go. I was playing tackle. I was playing left tackle. We were supposed to be going up against uh, a, a five-three defense, and they decided they were going to. You know, shift it up, change it around, and they're going to throw a four-four at us. I went from being a covered tackle to an uncovered tackle, and I told my coach, "We didn't practice this. I've I had never done that before. I had never gone against the four-four, and we hadn't even practiced it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. You know, I was a sixteen-year-old kid. I had no idea what to do. Dave, you know, but that's Dave. the kind of stuff it seems like to do. It's guys not there that they're Dave. supposed to block." Dave, yeah. Dave, yeah. You realize that I played basically no football ever, and I can still tell you what you should have done. <laughs> blocked blocked yeah. the play side linebacker. <laughs> no, it's even more simple than that. Go hit somebody. Go hit somebody. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Go hit somebody. But I mean, so I, I so I understand that, but how does that happen in the NFL? It seems like they're all set up for the expecting the defense to do one thing. And what do you know? They're not. That's why last night I said it. They're playing checkers. They're playing checkers. I mean, and they're not even looking one move ahead playing checkers. You know, chess, you got to look like six moves ahead. Checkers, you got to look two or three if you want to be really good at it. And it's like a kid that's playing checkers for the first time. Uh, playing tic tac toe. Playing tic tac toe. Yeah. Playing tic tac toe on a checkerboard. So, <laughs> all right. All right. I, Sorry. I, I'm I'm gonna, talk I, you go ahead. That's okay. I'm going to take a minute and and I, I don't know that I'm going to rant like you in some of this, but but I'm going to say something um, that kind of dawned on me as I'm sitting there watching, in Acrisure, watching the game last night. Here, here's what I feel like. It's what it looks like. I'm not saying this is what it is, but this is now the appearance that I've gotten from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. So the offense last last season started slow. Mm-hmm. And basically, we were a different team after our bye. Finished strong, right? And we're thinking, wow, look at how that offense built as the season moved on. Hey, we got some new guys into that offense over the offseason. You're thinking, ah, hey, bring these new guys in, get them up to speed. We're going to be able to build this even more. But that's not what's been done by our offensive coordinator. What the offensive coordinator appears to appears this this like yeah, we don't know for sure. This is just what it looks like to us. The, the 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 appearance to me is that the offensive coordinator coordinator said, oh, we've got new guys in here. 
well, hold on, you guys. We 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 can't go forward anymore. We're going to take everything we've got. Forget about that now. We're going to go all the way back to where we were starting last season. So we can all get on the these, same page. So instead know? of dragging <laughs> these guys up, we're going to go back to where they are, and we're going to start from scratch and build this all over again. Yeah. Which is idiotic. Yeah. But that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yep. So okay, not not yeah. ranting anymore on that. Well, I you know what's what's off. interesting is like, well, well I, I forgot we should have worn our Browns gear because according to some people, because we won't pick the Steelers every game, we must be Browns fans, you know, <laughs> which is like the dumbest thing ever. Although, like I said, I actually placed my money on the Steelers, um, and won that and won that bet. Woohoo! Um, we didn't pick the the Steelers to win. I think it was for the same reason. And there was a lot of people in the live chat that didn't pick the Steelers to win last week for the same reason. Some people believed week one was an aberration. That's not really how – that's not Kenny Pickett. He had a bad day. That's not going to be the Steelers' offense. They, they showed they could do better in the preseason. It was just one, one bad game, shake it off, go. Now, exactly what Mike Tom said, now it's a pattern. Now people actually, even though the Steelers won, I think understand why people would not believe – in the Steelers to win that game. It took two defensive touchdowns. If you only get one defensive touchdown, you lose. I mean, did you see the stat that the Steelers were trailing going into the fourth quarter, had negative yardage gained in the quarter, and yet came from behind to win? Yeah. That does not happen in the NFL. Not, no, it does not happen. I mean, it does, but I mean, statistically, it is so rare. You can't win those kind of games very often. Yeah. Yep. Here we go. We got we 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 got a, a a super chat. We've got Tyler W. Who said I clicked on it. Why is it up? Oh, that, okay. Now I just finally came up on my screen. Tyler W. Two dollars said, "Who thought a rook OC could break in a rook QB?" Mike Tomlin. This is kind of like what I talked about. I think it was on the preview when I talked about it. Um. Maybe it was a little bit here. No, maybe it was on this show last week. I can't remember. They're all running together. And you know, after being sick over the weekend, you just you just can't remember. And it was the whole notion of if Mike Tomlin is not an offensive coach, he needs he he needs that varsity coach. I'm pretty sure this might have been the preview. He needs a varsity offensive coordinator. He needs an innovator. He needs someone and I that 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 is just goes above and beyond what they need to do. And I'll be honest with you. Maybe this is a weakness of Coach Tomlin. I don't like to be overly critical of Coach Tomlin, but I feel he should be criticized when he needs to be. I don't know if it's a Mike Tomlin thing. I don't know if it's a Rooney thing. I don't, and I don't want to assume things that I don't know for sure. Like people that have put even put it in our live chat before. Oh, they won't get rid of Canada because he gave Tomlin's son a scholarship. You have no evidence for that. That is your own crazy conspiracy. Okay. And I and honestly, I don't believe it for a second. It's just you heard it out there and it must be true. And I don't want to bring all these say these things. Oh, people are like, oh, the Rooney's are so cheap when it comes to paying coaches. I don't know that that's true, but I don't I I, I don't have evidence to tell you to the contrary. But honestly, I don't know if it's that Mike Tomlin wants to be the guy, so therefore whoever's going to be the offensive coordinator isn't going to, quote-unquote, outthink Mike Tomlin. I don't know if it's that. 
I don't know if it's because they want to, they don't want to pay for what you would have to do to have someone that's that high quality, but that's what the Steelers team needs. They need somebody that's on offense. Mike Tomlin has to realize that is his weakness in his coaching and that you have to go out and have the, have the best you can get to complement that. So I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to beat that dead horse too much, but yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that. I got another problem with Coach Tomlin. I know we got to get moving because we're running over again with you. But I, I got to bring this one up. I'm checking my notes. What is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to Mike Tomlin? Jeff Hartman could tell you this right now. Um, hold on. Is it when he when he plays in his fears? Yeah, well, this one was playing in his fears, but I'm a little bit more specific with this one. Okay, get get a little more specific. And, that is, and it's funny because I was reading what Steelers Freak was saying. He he liked what I what I was saying and said that you know Tomlin has the juice as a leader. He just needs that big. He needs to have that OC. And I don't know that he recognizes that he needs it. Anyway, biggest thing: clock management at the end of the first half drives me nuts. For years. And this one, I don't think it was incompetence. I think it was intentionally living in his fears. When the Browns were stopped and were going to kick that long field goal at the end of the first half, there when that play, when TJ Watt got the sack, I thought it took about field goal range, but here was they went for the long field goal anyway. TJ Watt got the sack. There was about 55 seconds left. And they called timeout 20-some seconds later. And I told it, right, and did you not ever get my text? I told you why they called timeout, right? I texted that to you. Okay. I don't, but you never yeah, so I remember. Yeah, I remember. Okay. The, timeout, the timeout was called because had the Steelers not called the timeout, they were going to get flagged because they had too many guys on the field. Yeah. No, and I don't mind them calling the timeout. My question is, you had three freaking timeouts. Call it at 55 seconds. Let them kick run five seconds off on, on a field goal. Do the kickoff as a touchback. And you've got 50 seconds and two timeouts to do something. But instead... He would have let it run down even further, but they were going to have the penalty. When he, and when he was asked about it today, this was so many times Coach Tom's done this. When he's been called out for mismanagement of the clock, specifically the end of the first half, he completely takes what, what the question was asked and focuses on a different part of it and doesn't answer the question. He said, "I called that timeout because we had to get our we had to get our our, our everything set up um, properly for that for that." Um, for that field goal block and that we were focused on that one play. And that's why we used the timeout. He didn't answer the question of why he didn't call it sooner to actually let his offense have a chance to do something at the end of the first half, because he was living in his fears. He was more afraid that the offense as and the evidence was behind him though, that the offense has been screwing up so much that maybe they should try to regroup at halftime rather than go out and try to do something and maybe give up another big play. The Steelers lose that game. That's a really big deal. You, you, 
I, I'm sorry, Dave. I don't call you on this stuff very much. You've made way, you've made way more out of this one than I think you needed to. Like, but I mean, of, why would of, you of not want to get your you, offense of all of the, the third opportunity at the end of the first half? Rant on this game. This is like number eleven or twelve on a list. Shouldn't be anywhere close to the top. But I understand. I understand your narrative to it. It's a longer this particular situation. I think you're taking it way higher on a list than it needs to be. It's 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 a it's a constant pattern, and this week it didn't hurt them. It's hurt them in the past, and I think it'll hurt them in the future if he keeps doing stuff like that. What uh, we talked about the offensive line not getting it done. We talked about Kenny Pickett, the run game. It, it's just. It feels different when it's Jalen yeah. Warren, doesn't it? No, it's not different. It's that they. This is the other thing I don't understand about play calling. Okay, and I said, and I, I texted you this during the game last night. Yeah. So the Steelers come out. I believe it was their second offensive possession. They run a stretch play to the right with Najee goes nowhere. They run a toss sweep to the left with Najee, loses yards. Like Najee is not an edge runner. Why yeah. are we trying to sprint Najee to the edge? On his very first carry of the game. On his first two yeah. carries of the game. Yeah. Back-to-back plays. It's like, this is not doing anything to play to the strengths of the guy you're handing the ball to. Yeah. Makes no sense. But. And the thing is, the one thing that I saw from Jalen Warren, and I think it was because he benefited from the play calls, believe it or not, not that they were good calls, but he actually was the recipient of said plays. Is he exploded up into the line, but like back to back, back to back plays? Yeah, where he just flew up into the line. So I don't know that it was much. I, I mean, I appreciate what Jalen Warren did, but it was more of it's about time you actually were 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 running up in there. I mean, and don't do it on like on the two-point conversion where you've got two tight ends and two everything in everything packed in tights, you know, fly up in there, you know, make them think you're going to spread it out, make them think you're going to pass and fly up in there, you know, disguise a little bit, but the, you know, so there were some things in there. I mean, Najee ripped off that nice, nice run. Half of his rushing yards were on that almost half his one yard short on that one run. So that has a lot to be desired. Um, other than not really being happy with Gunner, I thought the other wide receivers did fine when the ball got to him. So that's the offense. The thing is with the offense, we didn't look very much ahead, is it only takes one game where all of a sudden you could say, wait a second, this is starting to click. They're starting to figure it out. That they're starting to figure it out. Yep. The question is how soon, well, maybe say maybe rephrase, if and how soon that game is going to be. Yes. Could it be week three in Las Vegas? It could. Could be. We'll see. I'd even be okay if it's just a step towards that, that, oh, you didn't make the jump, but you know what you did? You you inched yourself closer to where it's not as big of a jump the next time. Yeah. But it, it, it can't keep going like this because right now all you have to do is 
This is what I think of. And then, then we're going to get to the scores. This is what I think of. I think of 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 poor, you know, um, the poor mud dogs trying to trying to play the bourbon bowl without without Bobby Boucher. You can do it during the first half. What they do, what they do, they knew exactly what was coming because they were lo- looking to the book of college football for idiots. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Coaching for dummies. Yeah, yeah, coaching for dummies or something like that. Yeah, coaching, coaching for, dummies. for dummies. Yeah, they 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 pick it up. They're looking at the coaching for dummies to to know that this is what they're. Oh, all we got to do it's right here. This is what he's going to do. I almost feel like that's what defenses get to do with the Steelers' offense. Oh, let's mm-hmm. oh let's take this really basic stuff and say oh if we do this, this is what they'll try to do. So we that so we now know exactly what we have to stop, and it's what happens. It's what we feel like right now. It's not that it can't change. We just got to see if it ever will. So, did I miss a, a super chat? I think I did. I don't want to miss that. Ron Reed, two dollars in the tip jar says, "Hire Mark Whipple. He can be the head coach of the offense." I don't want to get into specific Mark Whipple. People. Mr. Whipple, isn't that the guy that squeezed the Charmin or whatever? I I don't know. Is that a is that a is it college coach? I can't remember. I don't know. If I, I, there's, I don't have last, I don't have the thing, answer. The last, who it is. the last the last thing to do for for a show that's got Dave and I on it is bring up a college football coach because yeah. we have no clue who it is. We're not going to probably know what to do, but yeah. Bottom line is, you got to do something. I've heard that name before. I just can't remember where he's from. I, yeah. I know the name. I know. I've it's, heard it as well. Rich. We're way over, but but we've we've got to turn the tide. Yep. Let, let, let's go. Let's go ahead and do this. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I am. You give me give me your score next Sunday night in Las Vegas, where the Steelers travel out there on Sunday Night Football to take mm-hmm. on the Raiders, who just kind of got mollywopped by the by the Bills. What do you got? Um. I think the Raiders are a team that's asking some of the same types of questions or wondering mm-hmm. a lot about their team, same as the Steelers. So you got two teams that are still trying to figure out who they are and what's going on, and the fan bases are just not real sure of things right now. So believe it or not, in the end, I bet this turns out to be a pretty close and competitive game. Yeah. Um the Steelers do have two advantages. And that is that they have T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So I'm going to go with the score of Steelers 23, Raiders 21. All right. I can see that. And here I now have it in the live chat to bring them up. Hopefully there won't be some of you jump the gun. But I actually, t- it's it, it's it's a new name there, perhaps. Maybe you didn't realize. You got to wait for me to put in, in the live chat that I'm ready for your scores, and then I'll bring it up. If you don't say a team and just a number, that means Steelers. Um, but here we go as everything's flipping through. Thomas Riley, he's got Raiders 16, Steelers 16, and a tie. Yeah, yeah. That's been his thing every week. Have you not realized yep. that? I know. Okay. And he's one of the first ones up there every time, too. So it's pretty good. Uh, Brian Brown, uh, he stole the score I was thinking about. 13 Ted Steelers. You know the significance of that one, right? Yes. Okay. I do. Think, yeah. Um, BF Buds got 20 to 17 Steelers. Steel Dog 88's got Steelers 23 to 16. Um, the, the, Mr. Woodside says, even though they're horrible on the West Coast, Vegas isn't 
the West Coast, but it's close enough. Um, he's going uh, 23-20 Steelers. I don't have the Steelers ever played in Las Vegas. I don't think so. I don't think they have. Okay. Uh, Steelers Pittsburgh says 17-13 Steelers. Wes has 24-17 Pittsburgh. Wes is off the ledge now because remember last remember we gave him a second score. And was Wes's second score last week? I was thinking it was something like 26 to 22. It was something like that. I don't remember. It was it was at least close. I'll tell you that. I know that. Wes might have to tell us that later. Um Jim has Raiders 17, Steelers 9. Uh yeah, that would be bad. And well, the Steelers did manage an offensive touchdown. Um wasted anguish. Ooh. Raiders 31, Steelers 10. Um, Christopher 11 has 27-17 Steelers. Afton Ford says 20-21 Steelers. Outside Steeler fan, as soon as it goes away, um, it jumped on me. Sorry. And thank you. you says good guys 24, Najee uh, 14, and Najee's finally effective. We'll, we'll see. I'll be honest with you. Although they have Max Crosby, this is – I don't. The Raiders' defense is not the Browns and not the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Jeremiah Yoder says twenty-seven fifteen Steelers. I love what Tyler said. He's like, for the love of God, expose Spillane and coverage. You should know the problem. He is. Do it. Um, Jim Leoski. I'll just go with that. Says Steelers twenty-seven. That's, and that's all we just get. A, that's just a partial score. <laughs> that's just a partial that's your, score. Don't you remember? Yeah. See, you probably don't remember this because that's when you were playing peewee football. Don't you remember when uh, John Brasky would be announcing games and announcing scores? He's like, and here's a partial score and a team and a number. Yeah, a team and a number. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sherry Richards says 2319. Uh, bad is in the building. Hey. You got to have BTSC representing BTSC. SCN. I said, wrong. Yes, you did. Shame on you. Well, no, because I still have my other flag. Um, um, I got to get my right shirt. Hey, I, I got more shirts coming. Make sure you're ordering shirts. You were representing SCN, weren't you? I was. You okay. had you had the shirt on. Um, with in other words, but Bad was there. Um, is going to be there Sunday night. Rich was there last night. Maybe maybe that's the key. Uh, we got Thomas Potts. I know we had that in there before. We put it back here. Twenty eight ten Raiders. Uh, Mark Tobin says 24-10 Steelers. Uh, Ruben Stone says 27-13 good guys. Kathy Ford says 27-18 Steelers. No one you know says 21-16 Raiders. Um, Ron Reed says Raiders 27, Steelers 10. Um, oh, here's the rest of Jim. There's another partial score from Jim Leoski, Raiders 16. Um, Richard Adamson says uh, – 23-21. He's with you, big bro. He likes it. Um, already got that one. That was a repeat. Gabriel Golden says 23-17 Raiders. Um, Wes told us last week he had the 26. I knew it. I thought 26 is what he'd said, but he had 26-13. Uh, David Poe says 24-16 Raiders. Uh, Gavin Anthony. Oh, sorry. Anthony says 24-17 Steelers. Um, I Robert Road has 1310 Steelers. Um, sorry, Kathy wanted to fix hers. She said it was a fat finger error. It was 2717. Okay. Um Brian Harrington said 2413 Steelers. Um, Steelers Freak says he lives in Vegas. It's a four-hour drive to the West Coast. So there you go. Yeah. 
Which so is, would that make it West Coast? I don't know. I don't really call. Oh, it might because yeah. because well, let me ask you this one, Dave. How long's your drive to Ocean City? Uh, probably was it? Is it four hours? I don't yeah, know. Probably close to four hours. For I don't me remember because it's closer to six for me. Yeah. So, so I guess Although technically I, we're East Coast, but yeah. If your state doesn't border the ocean, it's really tough to call it the coast. Boom. There, there you go. go. So there you go. All right, here we go. We got to get this done. Drunk Turkey Show, 16-13 Steelers. Frosty the Bear says 29-13 to 13 Steelers. Um, Carrie, I almost said it wrong, 20-10 to 10 Steelers. Uh, Tyler W. says 13-7. to 7. Um, the, with a, And he gave a prediction on how the game-winning TD was going to be. TD was going to be. Uh, I know I saw another one. Kevin Brokenborough has – 30 to 13 at Steelers. Man, if the Steelers could score 30 points, that would be phenomenal. I mean, my goodness, it took two defensive touchdowns to get to 26. Well, remember, you remember um, they do have TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. So that's true. Okay. Uh Kevin Woods says 28-17 Steelers. He says this is where the offense starts it. Starts to bounce back. All right. I'm looking to see if there's any more. Um, Steelers Freak does say it's West Coast time, but I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. This one's interesting. I've really got to turn the page for the preview. We went way over again tonight, but it's what we do. I I ran it and, and and things of that nature. What are you going to do, virus? Exactly. My my biggest thing is is this. You you get the win. You get the ugly win. You can't. I would rather have an ugly win than a beautiful loss. Look, we needed to get. We needed to. We needed to notch that. Get yeah. that un that that very straight number into the W column. You know, you gotta you, you gotta get that one in there first. So get it. And they got it. But am I th- am I thrilled with it? No. No. Am I am I am I like, oh, all is right in the world now? No. No. No, that's the thing. You don't it doesn't ugly wins don't make you feel better going forward most of the time. And that's what's going on right now. But I tell you this, not only do you need that ugly win rather than a pretty loss, you need that ugly win when you're talking about a division game. You yep. would definitely take an ugly win over a pretty loss because you need those division games. So the Steelers got that. If you were to tell me the Steelers were one and one after two weeks and, and I got to pick which one they win, I'm picking week two against the Browns. That game means more. It really does. Correct. Than, that than the win, week one. That win put us to, to second in the division. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Rich, are you? Within a half a game of that dreaded purple team. Yeah. Yep. Awful. Awful. Hey, they still got to play them twice. So so that's what's going to come around there. All right. What do you want to say to close out here tonight? Um, Let's see. Close this out tonight. Uh, You know what? Let me close it out this way. I was there. It was, it was. It was fun. The best, you know what the best part of being in the stadium last night was? High fiving, high five. All the everybody around on when there were great plays by the Steelers. I, 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 I'm sorry, I got to interrupt and ask you one last question. Sure. Did you or anyone around you scream what I screamed? Beacon that beacons, beacon that beacons, beacon that beacons. 
<laughs> yeah, there your head goes up. Is that what? Okay, I just had to know. That's I what I was screaming in in in, in my in, you know on the couch. So I was wondering if people did there too. I meant to ask you that earlier. I did. I, I didn't hear anybody else do it, but I was doing it. Yeah, I was screaming it. So, um, but you know what? That that one's there. It's done. I'm like you. It was great. Need to get the win, but time to turn the page, move forward. Um. I have a feeling as the week is on, I'm going to be looking into this game a little bit more because, like I said, you got a couple teams that both have their question marks or both, I think, still trying to find themselves in their identities, um, mm-hmm. clean up their play. Um, you know, I'm really going to be following what I'm hearing coming out of Pittsburgh this week, um, what the coach is saying, what the players are saying. I'm probably going to watch more player interviews and things like this and keep it on their Twitter this week a little more off, a little more than I off usually do, um, just to try to get a better grasp on this game. Um, but we're going prime time yet again, as we will be Sunday night in the desert in Las Vegas. Dad's going to be in the house. Get to his Twitter. He's maybe going to put up where he's going to be. He's a little meetup if anybody's out in Vegas. Um, you know, and, you know, when you're in Vegas, you know, while you're in Vegas, you know, you might as well hit a casino. And my thought is you might as well hop in there, you know, and put one on seven for the Steelers. Um, I know where I'll be. I'll be back to my knee-jerk reaction article sitting on the couch. Kyle probably sitting in the living room with me. Back to what we love to do most, and that's watching Steelers football. Can't wait. Can't wait.